Lord Jesus, ruler of all nature, O thou of God and man the Son, thee will I honor, thee will I cherish, thou art my glory, joy, and song. Shall we pray? Dear Lord, make me a nail upon the wall, fastened securely in its place. Then from this thing so common and so small, hang a bright picture of thy face. And I thank you in Jesus' name, amen. The topic of this hour's study is the generous Lord of the Lord's Day. And I would like you to notice five expressions. The first is to know him. The second is telescope. The third is creator. The fourth is maker. And the fifth is generous lover. Our opening text of scripture is John 17, verse 3, Jesus speaking, and this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Life eternal, then, consists not of knowing a lot of good things, not even knowing many biblical things. It is in knowing a person, that is the Lord. The Bible tells us many things to do, but the doing in themselves does not constitute salvation. For instance, the Bible tells us that we should tithe. And it says that uh, if a man does not tithe, he robs the Lord. Malachi, the third chapter. But tithing doesn't save us. The Bible also tells us that the ministers of the Lord should tell people the difference between clean things and unclean. That's found in the 44th chapter of Ezekiel. But though I should eat no unclean thing, that isn't salvation. Salvation is in knowing the Lord. That is Christ's formula, and I believe it, don't you? Uh, not even knowing which days the Sabbath constitutes salvation. There was a group of religious people 1,900 years ago. They knew which day was the true Sabbath, but they didn't know the Lord. And so they raised their voices against Jesus Christ, the Lord of the Lord's day, that he should be crucified. Eternal life consists of knowing the Lord. Someone said, well, if eternal life does not consist of knowing which day is the Sabbath, then why are you giving this series on the Sabbath? It is because the Lord says that a proper understanding of his holy Sabbath leads us to a knowledge of him. In Ezekiel, the 20th chapter, and the 20th verse we read, 
and I gave them my Sabbath that they might know that I am the Lord, your God. To know the Lord in his Sabbath is God's plan. To know which days the Sabbath is not his plan, except as we go into the depths of it, the significance of it, the understanding of it, and we reach right out and find the Lord. That's why uh, we call the Sabbath doctrine a telescope as are all the doctrines of the Bible. Paul said in the ninth chapter of Romans, I speak the truth, I say the truth in Christ. Now, to understand Jesus in all the doctrines means that the doctrines of the Bible are a telescope through which we see Jesus. This is in a special way true of his holy Sabbath day. He said, I gave them my Sabbath that they might know that I am the Lord that I am the Lord, your God. So we come to get acquainted with him. You might be surprised, friends, to know that in my study during the last 25 years, I have found between 40 and 50 pictures of Jesus Christ as I've looked through this Sabbath telescope. That was the purpose of the telescope, to show us the Lord. What kind of a character is he? Oh. What does he mean to me individually and personally? That's why he gave his day. He said so. Now, as I behold him in his doctrine, this is what the Bible says will happen. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, it says, by beholding, we're changed in the same image. As we look at the Lord in the Holy Sabbath, we're changed in the image of the Lord. If we're merely talking about things and theories and doctrines instead of talking about the Lord, there's no power to change us. By beholding him, we're changed in the same image. No wonder the Apostle John says in this first epistle, the third chapter, verses 1 to 3, when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. To be like him means that we're beholding him, we're emulating him, we're following him. We're looking at his image. We're asking the Lord by the Holy Spirit to make us like him. So the first expression is to know him. That is the purpose of the Bible doctrine. This is the purpose of the Sabbath truth. So the Sabbath becomes a telescope through which we see various characteristics of our lovely Lord. Of the 40 or 50 pictures of the Lord Jesus, that are connected with the Sabbath in the Bible, we want only mention three in this study. The first is, he is creator. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now, remember that our topic has to do with, uh, with him being our generous lover. My friends, if we could step into the Garden of Eden, before sins, blight had ever rested upon this earth, we would see a love displayed as he prepared the home for our first parents by creation. Someone said, but where does the Sabbath come in? Why, the, just verses after, it says that is why he gave his holy Sabbath, Genesis 2, 1 to 3, because he is creator. The next picture of our Lord is that of the maker of man, Genesis 1, 26. He said, let us make man in our image. So he is creator, 
He created the beautiful home for man. Then he made man to enjoy the beauties of his handiwork. Genesis 2, 1 to 3, just verses after this, it says the Holy Sabbath is because of what he created, what he created for man, and it is for man whom he made. So we have the Sabbath as a sign of knowing him. We have the Sabbath as a telescope through which we observe his lovely character. First, we see him as creator. He is the one who provided for all of man's needs before he made man. Then next, we have him making man in his own image. All of these, the Sabbath being the sign of, Genesis 2, 1 to 3. And then we have him as our generous lover. In Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 20, we have a wonderful series of statements. He said, I gave them my Sabbath that they might know that I am the Lord, your God. Y-O-U-R is a possessive pronoun, as you know. The Sabbath is saying to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, I belong to you. I'm not merely your God with emphasis on the word God. I am yours with emphasis on yours. Not merely do you belong to me as my creatures. I belong to you. All heaven is for you. I belong to you. I am the minister to you as well as your God. And there we find the beautiful plan of salvation. Jesus Christ was a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And as the Lord revealed to Adam and Eve this wonderful gift of Jesus Christ, they could see that he, God himself, belonged to them. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus Christ is a gift to the human race. He was not loaned. He became man and God all in one. Let me give you a parable. Years ago, when I was a little boy, I didn't like dogs. Not one member of our family liked dogs. Of us five preacher uh, ministers, all of us preached against dogs. <laughs> I did too, until one day I met a Pomeranian. A man had lost his wife and he was looking for a home for this Pomeranian dog. And he offered this dog to us as a gift. I fell in love with that little Pomeranian dog and ever since I've loved dogs. Now this is a parable. I have a son, his name is Glenn Coon Jr. One day he comes to me and he said, Daddy, did you know that all the Pomeranian dogs are going to become extinct? unless some special cure is found? And I say, no, son, I'm sorry. It breaks my heart. He said, but Dad, what would you do if we could save all these dogs? I would say, I would do anything, son. He said, Dad, I've learned of a cure. What is it, son? If I become a toy Pomeranian, then we can save all the Pomeranian dogs. I said, son, you're kidding. You don't mean that. He said, Daddy, I do mean it. How long, son, would you have to be a toy Pomeranian? A couple hours? I could stand it maybe a couple hours. No, Dad. How long, son? And my son pauses a few seconds, and he said, Dad, forever. My friend, if I ever consented to my son 
becoming a Pomeranian dog in order to save all the dogs, it would show a tremendous love for those dogs. But the Lord Jesus Christ, who was in the form of God himself and was God and was equal with God, he came down and took on the form of humanity, which he will always have throughout eternity. Wonder, O heavens, and be astonished, O earth. The Sabbath is a sign that God has given himself to us in the person of Jesus Christ. The Sabbath is a sign that we know the Lord. It is his telescope, if you please, in which we see him as creator. He, he created everything for us. Then we see him as our maker. He made us to enjoy. When we sinned against his love, then he revealed himself as the giver of himself in the person of his son. His generous love is manifested in his provision for our daily needs down in the end of the world. And when men and women come to the Lord Jesus Christ and they say, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Remake me into thine image. I surrender all that I am to your Lordship. Friends, he will still provide for our daily needs. In Exodus, the 16th chapter and the 29th verse, he said, I'll give you on the sixth day the bread of two days. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that generous love? And in Matthew, the sixth chapter and the 33rd verse, he said, if you'll seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all of your temporal needs will be taken care of. This is the Lord. Thank the Lord for his generous love that supplies our physical, our temporal needs, our financial needs from week to week. Let me share with you an experience. In my early ministry, I was called to the home of a young man. He was 19 years of age. He was just brand new married to a young lady 16 years of age. I was 23. So we had a 16-year-old, a 19-year-old, and a 23-year-old minister visiting in their home. This young man, and his wife had a strong desire to give their hearts unreservedly to the Lord Jesus Christ. They also knew something about the Holy Sabbath day, and they wanted to know a little more about it because they wanted to totally yield themselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So that evening as I sat in their home, he plied me with questions for almost two hours straight. And the Lord gave me answers just like popcorn, right from his word. Finally, the young man looked into my face and he said, Well, Brother Kuhn, you've answered every question I have regarding the Sabbath, except one. He said, Now, I am working as an automobile mechanic, but I don't know automobile mechanics. They're teaching me, and while they're teaching me, they're paying me as though I knew. He said, I'm really not worth much of anything to them at the present time. And you know, he said, that Saturday is the busiest day of the week for them. Now my question is this. What is going to happen to me if I suddenly decide that I'm going to keep the seventh day? I said, let us ask Jesus. He will tell you. 
and we turn to Matthew 6.33. Jesus said, if you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, he will add your living. And I saw a puzzled expression come on his face, and he said, and I said, uh, I said, I notice that you're a little puzzled. Does something seem to tell you that if you begin to keep the Sabbath, your living will be subtracted? He, he said, yes, yes, that's right. I said, since Jesus says it'll be added, who do you think it is that says it'll be subtracted? He said, it must be the devil. I said, shall we pray? And as we thought of this promise of the Lord, I asked the Lord that he would supply their need. I told the Lord I believed and thanked him we'd received. I said, I'll see you next Sabbath. Next Sabbath morning, I was standing at the doorway of the church, in walked this young couple. I said, tell me, what happened when you told your boss you're going to keep the Sabbath? The young man began to chuckle. He said, my boss said, get out of here, you Jew. I said, you don't seem to be worried. You seem to know that your living will be added by your generous lover. The idea, I don't know what words I use. He said, there's no fear. And his young bride, they're just brand new married. She said, I have no fear. The next Sabbath, as I greeted them, I said, any news like a job? He said, no. I said, you don't seem to be afraid. You seem to trust completely to this generous lover. He said, I have no fear. And his young bride said, we're trusting the Lord. Exactly two weeks to a day from the day they fired him, they sent a letter to him. Dear Mr. Willard, if you come back and work for us, you can have your Sabbath off and your pay will not cease from the day we fired you. I said, Lord, thank you. You must have looked down from heaven and said, you know what that young married couple need? They need two weeks honeymoon with pay. That's the lovely, generous Lord of the Lord's Day, and I love him. Don't you? We were holding meetings some years after that, and one evening we invited people who wanted to make a commitment to the Lord to come forward. Among them was a man who had never heard about the seventh day being the New Testament Lord's Day. He gave his heart to the Lord with others. I said, no, we're going to have a baptism soon on a Saturday afternoon. He said, if it's Saturday, I can't be here. I, he said, I work on Sabbath. I said, look, God says the seventh day is the Sabbath. Have no fear at all. God said, if you lack wisdom, he'll give you wisdom as you, as you notify your employer. Don't be mean, don't be stubborn, but just notify him that you can't work anymore on the Sabbath. He said, all right. Two days later, he came back. He said, would you see my employer? I set up a date with the employer, and the whole group, a whole committee was there glaring at me. The employer said, I understand you told Mr. Willard he had to keep Saturday. I said, oh, no, I did not. Well, he said, somebody did. He told me he can't work anymore on Saturday. I said, I didn't tell him he had to keep it. He said, who did? I said, the Lord told him. I just passed the word on. He said, if he's going to keep Saturday, he can't work for us. I said, why don't you fire him? So they fired him. He called me on the telephone. He said, they fired me. I said, thank the Lord. He has something better for you. He said, will you come over and see me? I came over and we claimed Matthew 6:33 from the generous lover. I said, it says that the Lord will provide your living. Let's ask him to do it. Let's believe he'll do it. 
So I knelt down with him and I said, Lord, here you've told him in Matthew 6, 33, that you'll provide his living. I ask you to do it. I believe you're doing it. Thank you, we've received it. I got up from my knees. I shook his hand. I said, you've got a job. And when you find it, let me know. Three days later, I think it was, he called me. He said, Pastor, I've got a job. He was getting $40 a week. That was years ago. $40 a week in his old job. How much are you getting in the new job? He said, $120 a week. Now, God doesn't promise to triple our salary. If he did it, every man on Wall Street would begin to keep the Sabbath, not because he loved Jesus, but because he loved money. This is the lovely, generous creator, maker of mankind, our redeemer. Shall we pray? Dear Lord in heaven, thank you for your wonderful promises. You've told us we may know you through your Sabbath if we keep looking to you through this beautiful telescope. Thank you, you are our creator, you are our maker, you are our, our, redeemer, our redeemer, and you are our generous lover. We give our lives anew to you in Jesus' name, amen. Thank God, dear friends, you can rely on him and know him. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.